When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always, as we continue our player review slash preview series, working our way down the top six of the offense and moving on to. It's a weird one because Val is both a sure thing and a question mark at the same time. And it's really hard to talk about this without addressing the elephant in the room surrounding Val right now. He was not available for the playoffs. And. We have loose idea as to why nothing concrete. I'm not going to sit here and speculate. That's not what this episode is about. But you look at most of Val's numbers for the season. He was great other than his games played. Yeah, it it that's a great way to put it where it's like, I am so totally understanding of what Val is going to give us. Like, you know what he's going to give you every time he plays. But then there's also just that elephant in the room where it's like, how like what's it going to be like on that first day of training camp is he going to meet with the media like what what's that going are we fi- ever going to hear it we probably won't but i also like tell me if this is a crazy take but i think val it may be the most important player for the colorado avalanche he's not the best but i think he's the most important because of what he brings on the offensive and defensive side of the puck you've seen what this team is like without him yeah. i mean it's hard to make that argument. You've seen how you saw how important he was during the cup run. We saw our record with and without him in the lineup in the regular season. And in the two games he played in the playoffs, in one of them, he was very, very good. And the next one, the the next five games were all about how can we replace Val? And we couldn't. When he's playing well and healthy, he is a very important part of this team that there is no replacing that. No, there's none. And it's, I still just laugh that, that this is what Val Nachushkin has turned into for us because he was a bust, man. And he came to the abs and he turned into like, would you say he's probably a top 25 right winger? I'd, it'd be really hard to put that list together. And in, in- yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Cause I don't know that many right wingers. I didn't want to say top 10 because he's very, he's not a top 10 player. But- I mean, like, I feel like 25 is probably fair because I feel like that includes more people than we think. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. But he's turned into an irreplaceable factor on this team. And you, you hit the nail right on the head. When Val went out, this team was not the same in the playoffs. You just, you were missing the only other like top six forward who could give you some threat of offense and his net front presence without him and Landy, there was no net front presence to get in Grubauer's eyesight. So it is going to be very interesting 
how everything's going to work out with Val. By all accounts, it sounds like he's going to be good to go for training camp and there's no criminal charges. There's nothing. But it is kind of weird that you dip out at the most important time of the season. Yeah, I think there's a lot of understandable frustration in the fan base right now surrounding that whole situation because we're being told that everything is fine and there's nothing to worry about. He's just going to be fine. But we would have won that series with Val. That series oh, yeah. was right down the wire. It was a one goal game seven. You're telling me that if Val's in the lineup, that doesn't make a massive difference. I, I think it's a lot of frustration because we don't really understood what happened. I don't think everyone's coping with it in the healthiest of manners. You can say that too. But you get where everyone's coming from with right. this. Like it's it's frustrating. He wasn't there, and we still don't really know exactly why we have an idea we have a loose idea we have speculation none of that's particularly very good if it wasn't for our guy steve stager we would have no idea of what happened like steve was the one who uncovered that video and it's like okay we kind of get like a little bit of what happened but it's still like like that that maybe tells like five percent of the story i think five percent's a little high i think maybe like one (laughs) yeah there's just so much craziness surrounding val but what he did on the ice this year was everything you thought he was going to do. Like on the ice, Val Nachushkin was worth every single penny of that new contract. Yeah. This was year one of his eight year contract at over $6 million. And again, the, one of the reasons we were so excited when he signed this deal is because when his play on the ice over the last two seasons has been worth every single penny of that and signing that deal, it was coming off of one year of production and to be fair, an absurd playoff run. But he followed that up again with a strong regular season. But the biggest question about Val has always been games played. Last year, even with as good as he was, he played 62. And this season, with even with as good as he was, he played 53. And then in the playoffs, he missed 5-7. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that he never fully recovered from that broken foot during the summer because let's be honest you're partying in the summer you're probably not taking as much care of your body as you should when you have a broken fucking foot and i think that hindered him going into the season because he he i want to say he missed some games for that like he re-aggravated his lower body injury which was his broken foot and he he misses a lot of games that's what he's done these past two years and it sucks because when he's in the lineup he's almost a point per game player yeah, and then you look at the record with him in the lineup. The Avs last year when he played won 39 games and only lost eight. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Like you would if you would have told me that was their record with like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Miko Rancho, I'm like, yeah, we, it makes looked, sense. we looked at their record without yeah. Kale. It was fine. Their it was surprisingly without... very good. It was 16 3 and 1. <laughs> yeah, their their record with Val in the lineup, like the, he has to be in. Yeah. He has to be, and he is – now that the abs have added more grittiness and toughness, I think that's going to take the burden off Val a little bit. But last year, he was the only dominant presence outside of him and Miko that was a big physical presence. That's it. Yeah, he was really carrying the load for a lot of the offense, and outside of the top line, most of the time it kind of was just Val and or Lecky if Lecky wasn't on the top line that yeah. night. Yeah, it it was, there is just so many good things that Val does that you just, it's frustrating in the fact that you don't get to see it more. Like if he played 
a full 82 game season, what would the Avs record translate to? We said they were what 39 and eight. So that's yeah, 47, like 30, 32 and eight. Yeah. Like he, he would, the Avs would probably only lose like less than 20 games in a year. Like he's that. I should, okay. He's that I should also say 30, 39, eight and six. So they lost six overtime games. I ignored that, but still, yeah, still getting the point. Well, I mean, that, that's a, if you have that pace, that's a first place team, potential president's trophy team right yeah. there. Like, 30, 39, eight and six. That's a pretty solid record. Yeah. So I, I just need to see Val. Once again, we've, we've done this in every review so far. It's just, I'm not asking you to play 82, but for Val, if you can get 70 games out of Val, that's a really good year for him. Yeah. And it's another thing we've talked about in most episodes is the long off season. Like is it's been longer for him than some other guys on the team <laughs> still, but assuming that he's been able to get to his normal training and his normal ramp up for the season, is he able to finally heal and get healthy and like be able to skate again and move normally? Cause if he can, that's another big X factor on this team. Can Val take another step forward this season? Yeah, I mean, that's really what it's going to be. I think we've seen what like the peak of Val Nachushkin can be. I think we're there of what he's going to do. I'm not expecting Val to have like a 30 goal season. No. Although he almost did it a couple of years. If he played 70 games, he could have gotten 30. So maybe 30 is on the table. I mean, but I think we really just kind of forget like how good Val was that year. And even when he was playing this year, just how good he's yeah. been. If he yeah. keeps up these paces, I mean, it kind of feels nuts to say he can score 30 goals, but his paces suggest that he's capable of doing it. Yeah, I mean, he was on pace for 30 last year, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think there's that possibility for him. It's just, if you're telling me from Val, I get 25 goals and 30 assists, and he's around 55 to 60 points. I, that's a successful year in my books. Yeah, that's money in the bank. Because also, like we talked about in the Lekkonen episode, his impacts go far beyond his point right. scoring. His point scoring coming together has turned Val into almost a perfect player for this team because his first two seasons in Colorado, I wouldn't really call them star studded. He was a stud defensively when we got him, one of the best defensive players in the league at that point. It's also the fact that he managed to put together his scoring touch that has turned him into such an invaluable piece for this team and an absolute staple in the top six. Can you imagine if he didn't do that, where this team would be? Oh, they would. Uh, if you go back to the cup year, we thought that was going to be the question mark of this team because Val could Val play a top six role? And now it's like, yeah, Val's entrenched in our top. You six. can't take Val out of the yeah. top six. Like you need to find ways to get him more minutes. Is he still the analytical darling that like everyone loves? Because I mean, he just he he doesn't get the same like online love anymore. But also, like it, it's not cool anymore to love Val Nichushkin yeah. because back then it was cool. I go look at that cool defensive impact. I'm voting Val for Selkie. Yeah, like I remember there was it was like I think it was a J Fresh one that he tweeted out, and it was yeah, like it was, his, it, was a, it was evolving hockey. I think that okay, had, uh, yeah. And, and his defensive was like a hundred percent, and his offense was like two. Like, yeah, because he couldn't hit the broad finish, side of a barn. His finishing was zero. He was stone hands Val. Yeah. Like, it was like, yeah, defensively, he's great. But if he's going to be in the top six, he's going to need to figure out how to score. And it just clicked one day. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. it just worked. And all of a sudden, he was able to put pucks in the net and went from 13 goals to 10 goals to 25 the next year. That's also starting a year after he scored zero in Dallas, where he had yeah. no goals, no penalty minutes. 
and was bought out of like a, a minimum contract, basically, or not a minute, it was 3 million bucks, but still he got bought out of that and was probably on his way out of the league. Abs take a chance on him and he turns into this. He turns into what everyone thought he could turn into. I, I mean, when you're selecting I, mean, I don't think anyone outside of Yarmir Yager thought that Val was going to turn into this. Because remember, so you're Yager, telling me that Yarmir Yager needs to be like a scout for every NHL team now. Well, if the guy wants to ever stop <laughs> playing hockey, maybe he has a future. And he's 51 and he's still going. Yeah, but is that technically a waiver pickup for the Abs? No, they signed him. Yeah, but like I, I was just wondering because I was gonna say, is that the greatest waiver pickup of all time for the Abs? <laughs> I mean, no matter. I mean, no matter. Even if you just put it as a signing, it's up there. In yeah. terms of like risk and what you actually got out of it, like if Val didn't work, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. Like he just yeah. you would have walked out at the end of his deal, and he just would have been like, "Well, we tried," and he's turned into a bona fide top six winger that you would not have won a Stanley Cup without. It the Val Nachushkin is the reason why Avs fans have such high expectations for guys like Jonathan Drouin. These guys who come in on a prove it deal because look what Val turned into. Right. Uh, like our our scouts, man. They're just yeah. so good. They found Val. They found Leck in it. They found all these guys. That's why we have such high expectations for Colton, for Drouin, for Ryan Johansson, because we just think they see everything. Yeah. Like that's Val's the reason why we have these lofty expectations for these players, whether they're fair or not fair. It's I think me and you are trying to temper our expectations of it because more than likely situations like Val don't happen where the player Never. you sign, like they just don't happen. And, and also like they don't happen after two years. Either. Right. Right. Like that's where it's, it's going to be very, I'm trying to temper my expectations, but you just think about Val just landed in the perfect spot for the perfect play style that he plays. And it, it kind of makes me wonder how Dallas couldn't unlock this for him. I'm happy they didn't, but it makes you wonder how they didn't unlock it. I see. I'm not even wondering how they didn't unlock this. I'm wondering how they didn't unlock anything from right. Like they, they, it's not even like they got half of this. They got fucking nothing. Val was nothing there. And I want to see. I have a stat here. Let me see what you. So his most points in Dallas was his rookie year. He had 34. He had a pretty solid rookie season. Then he only played eight the next year and had a point, 29 and 79 the next year. And then he goes to to Russia, to the KHL for two entire seasons, comes back to Dallas and does not score a goal. That's awesome. He had 65 shots too. (laughs) It's not like he wasn't shooting, man. He didn't do anything. And then he comes to the Avs and turns into, like we said, this yeah like it's just i still remember that first time he scored for the abs i was there and i reacted like curtis mcdermott had just scored like that was val was my guy before that and then you quickly realize like oh this guy is actually like really fucking good at hockey he just needed a confidence boost and here we go and three years later you're talking about like Outside of McKinnon, McCarr, and Ranton, would you say he's the fourth best player? Eh, Devon Taves is up there. Like he's he's it's questionable. I'd say he's the offensive version of Taves in terms of importance, at right? Because like when Taves is out of the lineup, this team suffers. When Val is out of the lineup, this team suffers almost just as much. And when they're both out of the lineup, forget it. Yeah, just, that's, been, just, that's happened before, and it sucked. Yeah. Pencil in a loss for that night. Like, don't, don't get high expected. Unless McKinnon and Ranton just go on an absolute fucking tear. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or, fit or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50. 10 leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. Now, back to the episode. I'm really trying to envision a scenario where he doesn't have a bounce back year. He, he strikes me as a guy coming up in this year like he has to prove himself again. Like I'm sure no one in the team or in the room's thinking he abandoned the team, but a lot of fans thinking he abandoned the team. Like you remember our Twitter mentions when we were like, Hey Val, take care of what you need. And everyone's like, dude, it's the fucking playoffs, man. Like you can't just leave. Like he has, he has something to prove this year. And I think he's going to just absolutely deliver on it. I certainly hope so. I mean, the only way I can envision he doesn't have a bounce back season is this whole situation just doesn't go away somehow. Right. Because, again, it's hard to really put a stamp on this because we still don't know what happened. Like it's, And I don't know if we're ever going to get that answer, and we might just kind of have to live with it. We're but, just going to have to, like, we're just going to have to forget about it because yeah, it, like it's, it's going to get buried. But it makes it hard to really preview this season because you don't really know what that is. It, it might just go away. He might just show up at training camp and this is never talked about again. And this is all just, Hey, what the hell was that all about looking at this five years later? Or it might, it might be something. I don't think it will be, but that's the only way I can see him not having a solid season. The best way they can solve this is if you're the abs PR team, you have him talk at one of the first days of camp. He talks about it. The reporters get all their questions out and then they say, we're not talking about this again. Actually, I don't even know if he needs to answer questions. Just like, I just, I don't even want to say I want to know what happened because it might be none of my business, but like, I just want to know something. Well, I, I think he's going to have to answer him, dude. He's going to have to because not, I don't think he has to do anything. But. He doesn't have to, but like, if he just wants to get this over with, because the Avs, if we're being honest, they have some of the best reporters in the game. Like these guys are going, guys and girls are going to ask them these questions. And if he doesn't answer them, they're just going to keep asking them. That's right. just where I'm thinking. Like you steer in front of the skid and just get it over with and then be like, we're not talking about this again. This is your one chance to ask him questions and then we're done. Right. And even it's like, look at how this episode has gone. Like we're talking about how great Val is and how great he's going to be. But this is just a kind of thing that is really hard to remove from the situation as a whole. And you can't really look at next season without 
factoring this in like right because let's say everything is fine is he fine like is he gonna be okay like i don't know like you have to consider all of this but if all that is done in training camp and he just gets to the season fine and can go through the season fine i think he can hit 60 points for sure i don't know about 30 goals but 60 points is a full 82 game season or close to that it's absolutely on the table for him and he's he's gonna have a very important role on the team this year especially as there's turmoil on his line there's a lot of change he's probably the only consistent thing that's still on that second line yeah he is like because we might be getting through we might be halfway through the season and we might be platooning colton and johansson at center and druan might be there one night it might be lekin in there another night like he might not have a consistent line mate the entire season he's gonna need to be the staple on that line because he can't really go anywhere he can't go anywhere and it's it's going to be interesting i i, I think i completely agree with you i think 30 goals is on the table because what these past few years have shown us is he's capable of it if he plays the games so I think he's going to actually come into camp fully healthy. I don't think there's anything that's going to be holding him back from health. And I think he plays like 70 games. I think he's going to get to 30 goals. And I'm still thinking 55, 60 points. I think that's where he's going to land at. I think I think around that range is perfectly fair. I say he probably gets 25 goals over the course of the season. I mean, 30 goals is a lot. I feel it's like a lot of goals. When we're, when we're talking about Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr, for three straight episodes, I feel like we can kind of get lost. Like 30 goals is actually a lot. Those it's guys, a lot. Those guys are just freaks. But I think the 25 to 30 range, I think he gets around 25 and maybe even a few more assists in there as well, especially if if he is bumped up to a higher line with McKinnon or he's playing with Rantanen this season. I think he could factor in a lot more assists there too. 60 points, I'd say, is a goal for him, but we should also remember like that's not entirely the point with Val. It's not, but like the reason why I think he can get that last year was really the first year. I think he got extended power play minutes and look at what he did. He had 10 goals and 16 power play points on the power play. He was a power play beast. Yeah. So I, I think he's going to continue to get that top line power play minutes. And when you have Ranton and McCarr and Ranton and McCarr and McKinnon on the ice, Val kind of gets forgotten about. So I think he can repeat, if not equal, what he did on the power play last year. Yeah, I totally agree. And I didn't, I didn't even factor that in with more power play points and everything. Like He was an important bumper slot on yeah. that power play. He, he plays an important role on both special teams. Like It's like we've said, very important guy on this team that just when he's not there, there's no replacing it, especially when there is no Gabe Landeskog in the lineup. You kind of have to have Val in the lineup. You kind of have to, and it's just funny because I imagine if you're an outsider looking in and you're like, why are these guys talking so much about Val Nichushkin? Like, he's not even one of the best players on the team. If you watch the games, Val is worth... You're, you're asking a lot out of people. I know. Watching I'm asking games. a lot. But, Jeez. like, would you consider Val's importance to a team and his contract kind of similar to what Tom Wilson just got? I would say so. I mean, they serve very different roles. I... They serve different roles, but people think that like oh that's an overpay for Val or that's an overpay for Wilson but when you watch what these guys bring to the team they're irreplaceable yeah like there there's no replacing what they bring to the team I, I feel like with Val though it's a lot more quantifiable 
than Wilson. Like there is more results to back up a contract like his. I mean, Wilson does make more than Val, which, you know, when you say it like that, maybe it's a little much for Tommy, but even still with Val, we've said it a million times on here. There's, there's no replacing what he does. He had a very strong year last year. He was almost a point per game in 53 games finished with 47 points. I mean, if he does play 82 games and he stays almost a point per game, I mean, 60 might be underselling it. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, like we could be underselling him. Like, there's a real possibility where he has 85 points this year if he plays 82 games. Okay, maybe that might be a, a little much. but like A little much. But... 75 range, I think, is a little more reasonable. I'm reasonable, what am I saying? But yeah. like... Like I, I still like I completely agree with you. I, I think it's going to be 55 to 60. I think what's holding me back from that, like going all the way up to 75 to 80 is what you said earlier. Like we, we just don't know what his line's going to be. I think yeah. that's going to hurt his scoring a little bit because he's I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to build the chemistry with uh, the line because I think it's gonna get jumbled all the time. Yeah. I mean, because even at least last year, he was playing with one of Lekkanen or Rodriguez when this team was healthy and then was able to get used to playing with JT Comfer or Rantanen. Like he, right. The thing about Val is like he's not uncomfortable switching around, moving no. wings. Like I don't think he's a guy that needs a ton of chemistry all the time. It would help for sure, but it's not like he's going to not perform without, especially if he is going to play so much time on special teams. Yeah, like – it's going to be I'm excited to see. I I just that's what's holding me back. But if you're if he gets 55, 60 points and 25, 30 goals, like that's that's a win in my books. That's worth every penny of his contract. Yeah. And it's it's still very early in that deal. But Val, I mean, it seems like Val's a lot older than 28, doesn't he? Oh yeah. He seems like he should be in his mid thirties, but yeah. he's you forget that he's a young guy. Not he's the same age as me, so I wouldn't say he's young, but he was drafted <laughs> the same year as McKinnon. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. When is his birthday? Holy shit, I'm older than him. Fuck. <laughs> Damn, man. Damn it, man. I'm older than Val. Um, But he should have a solid bounce back here. I'm excited to see what he does. Also, like the apps have been giving out a lot of long-term deals, if you think about it, these past few years. You had the McKinnon one. You had the McCarr one. You have Miles I mean, Wood. You have Val. Like, it's, it's – they've been handing out some term to people. Yeah, I mean, McKinnon – and McCarr, I think you give him a pass on that. Yeah, no, you can give him a pass. But Val was the first one that I feel like we all asked for it, but I feel like it was kind of a break from the philosophy of you don't sign these deals for guys who aren't bona fide superstars. But when Val just did what he did oh, yeah. for you in the playoffs, there really wasn't any question about whether or not you should do it. And we, we were all on here saying that, if you're handing out the same contract, I'd rather Val have it than Kadri. He's younger, and yep. there's just a little less risk associated with it. And just it's even though Kadri's a center, you'll have less trouble replacing that than finding what Val does. Right, like he was, he ended up being cheaper than Kadri too, right? Because Kadri signed for seven, didn't he? Yeah, and Val's so like- at six point one two five. Yeah, and I imagine it was kind of the same thing with Miles Wood. They added more term to bring down the value of that's exactly the AAV. What I mean. In from the yeah. words of McFarland, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, so it's just going to be like I'm looking back on that cup run. He was almost a point per game player in that cup run, dude. <laughs> I, we we cannot forget how dominant Val was in those playoffs from from start to finish. In the cup final, he made Tampa want to leave. Like he yeah. was so good. 
he I, I he was probably the best player in that cup final. You could have made a legitimate case for him to win the Conn Smythe. Like if he actually did win it, there was there were there were a couple of people on that list, but if he somehow did win it, you could make the argument for him that he deserved it because of oh, how important he was to this team. He was he was the like he was unstoppable in that cup final. And I just, you don't realize it until you look at it and you go, holy shit. Like he, he had, he had huge goals. I mean, I think back, I think it was game three against Edmonton. He had those two goals. Yep. Game three against Edmonton. Yep. He had the two goals. He had two yeah. goals. He sets up the Burakovsky winner in game one of the cup final. I think he had two goals in game five or one goal in game five. If he I had, remember right. He had two points in game five and he had a goal. So he was a huge part of how we almost won it at home in five. And then I'm still bitter we, about that, dude. I'm I'm always gonna be bitter about how it. much we, money we spent to go see that game. And it was just like that was the worst game they played all playoffs. <laughs> we could go on a tirade on that yeah. for genuinely hours. But yeah, even still, I mean, he had four points in the first two games of that series and was very important, cracking the confidence of Vasilevsky early on, just irreplaceable in that yeah. entire series and the entire playoffs. And when you have him in the lineup, this team is significantly better than they look on paper because I feel like a lot of other teams underestimate what Val brings. Oh, yeah. And it, it's if anyone's questioning Val's like commitment to the team, just show him a picture of what his x-ray of his foot was and he played in game six. Like it yeah, has to be something in game yeah. six without with on one leg and actually was good. Yeah, very good. My favorite video was him getting pushed out on the dolly <laughs> after they won the cup. Like he like, played 22 minutes, almost 23, with a broken foot. He could yeah. not physically put it in his skates, and he went out there and was good. And it was like it was his big toe that yeah. was like cracked in the like it, it was an important toe. <laughs> like that, and the fact he was able to play, like the, the, don't the question fact, the guy's toughness, man. The fact like, that we won is yeah. unbelievable. I think if that game went, if that went to a seven game series, I think both teams would have like walked out corpses. Yeah, in that, in that I don't series. think I don't think I don't think we would have won. Either. No chance. We no chance. had to I, win game six. Yeah, I, I did not want to face Vasilevsky in game seven. But regardless, we're coming up on time for Val. We could probably go on for another hour about Val. Um, he is one of my favorite players on this team, and all I want for him going into next year is just. Be what you've done these past two years, and you're going to be one of the best players on the team, one of the most important players on the team, and hopefully can help lead this team back to a deep playoff run and potentially another Stanley Cup. Because we know he's going to show up in the playoffs. We know he will. His his play style is suited for the playoffs. Choice of words, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> touche, touche. But even still, I mean, I, I agree with all that. I mean, when Val's playing, we know what he is. We know how important he's going to be. It's hard to put a grade on his season because it feels so incomplete with the giant question mark hanging over it. But in the games he played, I'd I'd give him a solid B plus to an A minus, maybe even higher. Yeah, I must stay. I think B plus is right where he's at. It's just this season could have been an A plus plus for him, but stuff that he couldn't control and stuff he probably could have controlled got in the way of it being on ice. He was an A plus. Off ice, question marks. Yeah. We'll see what the answers on that end up being, but we're still going to have to wait even longer, maybe even forever someday. We're, we're still going to have to see on that front, but I think I'm ready to wrap on Val if you are. Uh, I don't think I have anything else about him. He's just the man, and yeah. we need Val back. It, it's the, He's the next jersey I'm buying. Yeah, we, we need him back on this team. We could see how important he was when he wasn't there, 
But we're going to wrap this one up here. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code Teledabs It Is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Teledabs It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs.